Welcome to the Fin Nation podcast, where we wholeheartedly believe women entrepreneurs are leaders that rise together. Success does not have a definition. There are no secret strategies. Women entrepreneurs are rewriting history by defining success on their own terms. Hi, I'm your host, White Gannon, the down-to-earth chick with a different name. Each week, join me for inspiring stories and powerful interviews of women entrepreneurs sharing their lessons to success to help you take your business to the next level. Now, let's go for it. Welcome back, Fem Nation. I am excited to bring a new guest to you today. Her name is Angela Thompson, and she's a holistic business and empowerment coach. She goes by Coaching with Ange kind of makes it really relatable and somebody that can, you know, you can reach out to, right? So I really appreciate that. We got connected through somebody mutual, another powerful entrepreneur and business owner that has also been featured inside of Fem Nation. But it was exciting because this is a part of being an entrepreneur that you get connected with amazing people that you know are going to be able to change the world. So sit back, enjoy, and listen as we dive into Angela's Ange her journey. Thank you for being here today. And thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled and so excited for our conversation. Yes. Okay. So let's start with the question of the hour. How did your entrepreneurial journey begin? So I got really excited this week, super divine timing moment. I was really excited about this question. I knew it was coming and I got a text from my mom with a picture from a note that I wrote as a seven-year-old entrepreneur trying to make money in my neighborhood. So my journey really, really started like I've always had the spirit. I never felt like I fit in as a kid. I never really felt like I fit inside the box of um, traditional like um, go to work. This is your thing. Do this forever. Make your money. And um, it just wasn't, it just wasn't me. I always wanted something more. I always wanted to be my own boss, but I never knew what that looked like or what my avenue was. So I thought it was a beautiful moment when my mom sent that to me, where I just was uh, handing out this flyer in my neighborhood, trying to do kitchen tasks and lawn maintenance and um, you know, all of the different things I laughed because there's a note on one of them that says, I can help you with your dishes if my mom comes. So apparently, <laughs> apparently I wasn't allowed to do dishes unless I was supervised. <laughs> but you were out there doing the thing, weren't you? Yeah. Oh yeah. I was get, I was getting it, getting out for that money when I was a little kid. Right. How, how did that evolve into your first, what you would consider maybe your first big money, uh, entrepreneurial venture. What did that, you know, so doing dishes, you doing the young stuff, mm-hmm. you know, having your mom with you, but then where did it start feeling like maybe that, Ooh, this is something bigger. Yeah. So, um, it basically came to a complete halt and I went against everything inside of my body and I went the traditional route. I had, one job in high school. And then as soon as I turned 18, I got, I got my, my corporate job, which I would then have for the next 14 years. And I lived inside the box, um, mm. doing all of the things that I was supposed to do that were conditioned to, um, feel like is the right thing to do. The only way that you can make 
a proper living and care for your family. And so I knew throughout that whole 14 year period that um, something was missing. I was promoted within the company very young, um, but I wasn't able to get promoted past a certain point. And they specified that it was because I just didn't buy in. I just didn't fit. I just didn't have the ability to um, put my own thoughts and feelings and opinions aside. And um, I, I wasn't able to do that. That's not the human I am. It's not the person that I am. So um, I was promoted into management and spent the majority of my career there where, um, where I managed hundreds, if not thousands of employees over my career, um, you know, at the height of things. I had interactions with between eight to 10,000 people a day and um, things, things were very, very busy. And I loved my experience, but I knew that um, I knew that there was something more inside of me and that I was not living my purpose. Um, mm-hmm. But finding the purpose, that was the hard part. So talk to me about finding the purpose, because I know that that, that is, that is uh, a struggle that every single entrepreneur is going to go through. You and I know it, we've been down the road, but I also know the listeners are probably resonating with that as well. Before we do that though, I want you to consider tying in the didn't fit, the didn't buy in. What separated you differently and how did that revelation of not fitting in, not buying in and being okay with it, establish a foundation for you to find your purpose. Okay. Um, so in not fitting in with a company that I was a part of, um, when you are a manager, the expectation outside of your minimum 45 hour work week is, um, all calls, all emails, um, your schedule changes three to four times a week everything's up in the air. You have no consistency in days off. You work nights, you work weekends, you work holidays. That's the expectation. If you complain about it, you are putting yourself before the company. You're not part of the team. Um, you know, especially throw into the mix when I had a family, when I had my son, um, you know, you need that consistency as far as time. And I always, there was always pushback. It was like, well, why do we have to do it this way? Why can't it be consistent? Um, why are the policies set in place where if we just maybe handled the situation this way, we could still generate the same result? Well, no, that's just not how we do it. Well, well, why? I'm a why asker. Why can't we do it that way? Why is the policy that way? And how come it can't be changed? And two things, um, it was extremely masculine. So the space that I was in, the space that I learned um, throughout the course of my entire adult life and in my career um, was all in masculine energy. Work harder, do more, be more, don't complain, don't show emotion, show up, do your job, go home, do it the next day. So very, very masculine. Um, and I sort of had this, I had this feeling, I had this thought inside, well, like, am I going to do this for another 40 years of my life? Is every single day going to be this exact way Mm. for the rest of my life? And that thought crushed my soul. It was crushing. I was like, I can't do this. I've always been side note. So to attach it, how it sort of rolled into me finding my purpose. 
Um, I've always really been in super into sustainability. I'm always have always been into um, home cooking, really into growing my own food, cooking at home, really having like a lifestyle that um, doesn't do a lot of harm is how I was raised. Um, and I was always interested in like, how can I put this out into the world? What would that look like? What would um, what would sustainability look like as a business or how could I incorporate that into um, a business? And I really could never figure it out. You know, I got multiple degrees while I had my job. Life was progressing. Um, my cousin went to a um, holistic health coaching and nutrition program. And she told me about it because she knew that I, I've always been into exercise. I'm just really into all the things, like all of the things, exercise, food, the planet, animals. I just love the things. And so she mm -hmm. told me about it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I could use all of my leadership skills. I could use all of my communication skills. I could use everything that this job has conditioned me for to tell my story and to help women understand that, you know, we may be living in different circumstances, but our, our stories oftentimes are very similar. Yes. And um, how could I use my story to help women understand that they too can move into a space and into a life that they deeply, deeply desire? Mm -hmm. Where do you think that that thought process comes from? Really, it was my own unhappiness with um, and lack of fulfillment with the job that I was in with the, um, you know, my first marriage was, was really toxic. It was an extremely toxic environment for many, many reasons. And again, it just goes back to that thought. I just, how could I do this for the next 40 years? And that was really my big picture thought. That's really what drove everything for me was, Am I supposed to be unfulfilled? Am I supposed to play small? Am I supposed to hide my emotions? Is this what love is? And the answer was no. My mm. answer was no. But everybody around me was comfortable with where I was at, right? And I think that right. that's why we have the feeling that we have to play small, that we have to make ourselves smaller or not show emotion or fit inside the box because it serves other people better to keep us where we're at. And just that nagging feeling inside saying, I, I can and should and deserve to be happy. Now, what do I do to make that my reality? Right. And oftentimes the empowerment side of, of changing. I was searching for a word there, but the empowerment side of changing lends to the purpose, lends to the opportunity to say, I'm, I'm going, I can no longer contain the status quo. It's time for me to break out and, and just figure out what that is because I can't not figure it out. It becomes an internal drive for us to consistently move forward with finding that deeper purpose, that deeper calling as we kind of, uh, shift from the slumber to say, you know, uh, I don't want to say, um, as we wake up, it's not necessarily that because I do believe intuitively we are awake. We're conditioned to sideline that, like you said, though. So mm -hmm. in doing that, it gives us the opportunity to say, hold on a minute. There's something more that I am called to do. What is that thing? So with you being, uh, you know, a business and empowerment coach, how do you do that for 
entrepreneurs, what, what is kind of, you know, the one, the one catalyst, the one thing, the one tip that you usually can give people, but can also say, this is what drives you towards that empowerment to feel free. Um, so I believe that in life and in business, really they go hand in hand. Um, and one thing that I really try to help my clients understand, um, is to not be a victim of their own life Mm. and that we have control over how we process and react to things. Um, I don't believe everything happens for a reason. I'm very, very clear about that, but I do believe that life is happening for me, not to me. Mm. That's, that is the separation between victim mentality, um, right. And the ability to acknowledge that really sometimes really terrible, crappy things happen in life. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's the reality in business, right? We lose a client or we didn't get the client that we wanted, or we didn't make our goal or, you know, whatever it is, or in life, something happens. You know, I had two very sudden, very major deaths happen within the last 13 months. Um, and it isn't that everything happens for a reason. I believe that that minimizes our, um, or invalidates how terrible those things are because they're, they're terrible, right? Like we feel terrible when we don't get the client. That's the reality. We don't feel good when something unexpected happens. So to say everything happens for a reason, I believe takes that away or implies that anything that you feel about it is wrong. Um, What I do believe in is that life is happening for you and that door closed or that client didn't sign or that horrible major event. Yes, it happened and your feelings are valid. Now, how can we use that? What do we do with it? Because that's really what's going to separate continuing to stay where you are and being able to progress and move farther. Mm -hmm. How would you define success for yourself and or for your clients? Um, My personal definition of success is living in alignment with my true what I believe to be authentic and true and genuine. Um, Sometimes it's monetary. Sure. I also believe that it's a flow state. So sometimes it's monetary. Like I love, you know, everybody loves when they do a great job or have a great month or a great quarter, or they sign that high ticket client or whatever it is lovely and amazing. Mm -hmm. But at this stage or phase of my life, I've really sat back to realize like, man, I took the leaps. I was terrified and I did it anyway. Moving forward in the face of fear to me is success. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And a lot of times we need a guide to help us do that because we don't <laughs> know what to do mm-hmm. in order, you know, I mean, yeah. that's it. That, I mean, that's such a guided spot um, mm-hmm. because if I'm like, I'm, that's a stuck moment you know, uh, if, if we're thinking in very analytical terms uh, to mm-hmm. use a word, that would be a moment where just like, I'm stuck or I'm afraid or I'm in fear and I, and, and I don't want to stay there, but I don't know what my next step is or mm-hmm. should be. And you don't want to be reactionary in the next step. So that's where a guide comes in. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I can definitely see that. What strength or what strengths did you lean on the most in the early stages of your business? 
I, I believe that um, I am a great leader. I, I know that to be true. Um, and I have an incredibly innate ability to adapt to all types of communication styles. And uh, I am definitely my own person. I'm a lot, but um, but in in my experience in the corporate world, um, thousands and thousands and thousands of humans from all walks of life, from all backgrounds, in all circumstances, it teaches you such um, incredible skills that you can learn to relate to people. And I knew I had that. I knew I had the ability to relate to people. I didn't really understand how to get my message to them, but mm-hmm. I knew that if I could get in front of them, that they would want to hear what I had to say. Mm-hmm. What was your first step? What was your, what was your, what was uh, the big leap for you okay. to do that? Well, uh, you know, it was sort of born from tragedy. My, um, my, I had wanted to quit for a long time. I had been unfulfilled um, and felt in that stuck spot for years for a very, very long time for a variety of reasons, which is, oh my goodness, those, you know, could go on and on. But I finally, uh, you know, got to a point where I felt supported and I felt like, wow, I'm really at a spot in my life where if I make a major change, I'm not, you know, my family isn't going to disown me. And I have a relationship now where I have a supportive partner who's like, yes, hell yes, let's do it. Like, let's, yes, you know, this is, it's your thing, but let's do it together, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, my, my nephew passed away. It was a a Mm -hmm. very tragic accident. Um, and that was January 2nd of 2020. So pre like, you know, we all know what 2020 held, but that was how I started my 2020. Oh gosh. And, um, you know, I looked at my kid and I was like, I can, I can't live my life being away from them 65 hours a week. I can't, and I no longer will, and I'm not going to do it anymore. And in the middle of a pandemic, uh, shortly after graduating with my, um, with my coaching certification, I literally handed in my two week resignation and I walked away from my corporate job with no plan, with this feeling in my heart and in my mind that I was following my divine purpose and that whatever mm-hmm. was laid out for me was going to work out. And sure, it's probably going to be hard. It's not just going to happen, but um, it's time. And if I don't walk away now, I never will. Here's my two weeks. I will not be back. How did that feel? Horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I'm just going to be honest with you, you sure, know, like sure. all of the things that a corporate job brings you security. I have, you know, five weeks of paid vacation. I had 401k. I had retirement. I had stock options. I got a tremendous salary. Like let's not, you know, beat around the bush. I was making good money doing all the things and letting that go as we, you know, just to circle back to what we were talking about before, those are all very in the box things. Yes. Yes. Very in the box things. Like, um, we hear, well, if you get paid good money and you have benefits, how, how dare you to right. walk away from that? Who do you think you are? Um, and I was like, oh, well, I'm me and I've never fit in and um, I'm going to do what I'm going to do because that's how I live my life. And mm-hmm. um, so it was horrifying and liberating. And, um, you know, I had to do my own healing 
14 years out of place my entire adult life is a big thing to work through. Um, you know, it was a loss and, um, in itself, and there was a lot of grief that came with that. And there was a lot of beauty and growth and emerging as me, as a, as a person, as a human outside of all of the things that I had been for such a long time. Mm -hmm. And you didn't have to separate them or divide them anymore. No. And I actually came to the realization that I didn't know a lot of things about myself because I never felt like I had the opportunity or never allowed myself the opportunity to explore it, you know, in the conditioning of, of, um, you know, making ourselves smaller or fitting inside the box, we oftentimes stop listening to that voice. Mm -hmm. And so the things that we may really truly like align with or, or resonate with, we sort of just shove on the back burner, you know, and somebody, um, somebody once asked me a question and this was a couple years before I quit, maybe two or three years before I quit my corporate job. And they asked me, what do you like to do? And my answer was, well, I take the kids here and I do this and I take that. And they were like, wait, that wait, 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 wait. That was not the question that I asked you. I asked you what you like to do. I didn't have an answer. Mm -hmm. I had no answer. I was like, well, I don't know. No one's asked me that (laughs) or cared ever, you know? And so, um, you know, that was a big part of like, wow, I I am really meant for something more and life Mm -hmm. doesn't have to just be pieces of me shelled out to other people. I really am my own human and let's explore that and figure out what what that means and what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm probably preaching to the choir on this, but women are shapeshifters. Um, and I think that every woman listening to this particular episode is going to resonate with the fact that you didn't know, you didn't know who you were because you became what everybody else needed you to be for them and never, never gave yourself the time to figure out what that was for you. And I have a story. I mean, my story is like that too, is in my mid thirties. And I was just like, I literally can't answer that. And so then, and it's a process there too, right? You have to go Mm -hmm. internal first and you have to really sit back and say, okay, so then how do I start scratching the surface of what this is? And, and mind you, um, this time frame for me was um, a few years ago. I'm in, you know, I'm 43 now, but I really remember it in my thirties where I was just like, okay, so how do you start seeking that? How do you start looking? The internet was not what it is today. It, it, business coaches, um, empowerment coaches. I was in. I was out in Kansas in the boondock in Kansas, running a sustainable <laughs> farm that I didn't even know how to do. You know, I mean, the last uh, we had dial-up, uh, you know, AOL. I think out there, the last thing I had on my mind was to go out and find somebody that could help guide me through this journey. I didn't even know to look, but I knew how to be resourceful. I knew how to say, okay, what do I like to search? I would stay up at night when all the kids were in bed and everything was done and I would research stuff on the farm. And then I'd be like, well, what about this? And I'd start looking at that. And of course there's more now in, in that last 10 years that we have, and there are people that can guide us through that, which would have probably shortened my learning lesson process instead of taking a decade to finally, you know, be like, Oh, duh, there there you are white dev, you know, instead of taking a decade to figure that out, I would have had somebody be able to walk me through that process. But at the same time, 
we know how to be. And I think conditionally women are, are, have been told, especially, especially in, in my age group and down, we still had the older generation that wanted to believe, leave it to beaver was real. They all knew it wasn't, but mm-hmm. they wanted to believe it because that's what they were conditioned to believe. And so then they wanted their kids, their daughters to grow up, to get married, to do the things. This is what you do. This is, you know, if you're not, then go get a career. Like you were saying that in the box stuff where it becomes, okay, where was I? Where am I in the middle of this? Mm-hmm. Who am I in the middle of this? And we live in a freeing time right now. And the opportunity to use platforms like this and the work that you do and connecting the dots for women to be able to break out of that mold and be able to say, this is who I am and know it with certainty, damn it. Mm-hmm. Know that, you yeah. know, you give them the opportunity to own it and say, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really don't care what you have to think about that in our mind previously Mm -hmm. we'll say, I'm not okay with that. Or I don't care about what they think about that. But outwardly, we still had to be in that box. We still had to be Mm -hmm. that person for somebody else. We still had to toe the line or do it the right way or all those things we were conditioned. Yeah. We don't have to No, And that's what you're sharing with the world. That's what you're telling. Yeah. I mean, that's what you're telling the audience. You don't have to. Yeah do that. Yeah. You don't have to. And I, I think that, um, I, I, when I hear the word, right, I think that that is also something that we're conditioned to believe is a thing. What is the next right move? And we're Mm. so petrified of doing the wrong thing that we do nothing. Right. And so it's like, well, I can't possibly do that. What if that's, what if that's not right? What if my next step isn't, what if I didn't pick right? Okay. Well, one step forward is still moving forward. That's right. And every step that you take, whether or not you thought it was mapped out on your road properly, right? We all have a map of what we think things are supposed to look like and how they're supposed to play out. But the reality is, is that we have to be open to receiving the end goal, no matter how it comes to us, right? I want to make $20,000 and I believe that X is the only way that I'm going to make that $20,000. Well, then here in comes, you know, I got a random uh, dividend from some stocks that I had or whatever it is. And it's $5,000. And we're like, okay, how do you fit that in to your end goal? Right. Mm. It wasn't what you thought. You didn't sign two clients or whatever it was because that was your only way that you were going to make your 20,000. Well, shoot, open up a little bit, look for bigger picture things and be open to receiving them. However they come and Mm -hmm. openness to receiving is something that as women, I think is really difficult for us. You know, we're taught, like you said, the leave it to beaver mentality. We're like, nope, I don't need help. I'm good. I got it. I don't need, you know what I mean? And so we, we aren't, if it doesn't fit down our path, if it's not down our road, how we envisioned it in our minds, then we're like, nope, nope, nope. And we don't make space for things to come to us. And that is something that I believe is really important. Widen the road. Yeah. Yeah you know, make it just increase that. So then that is the space then that we can do. Yeah. So, so powerful. So powerful. I, I have said this several times. I don't, I probably 
should shout it from the rooftops more, but there's, there's no bad decisions. There are just the outcomes to be determined. So we go into a decision with an idea of what the outcome is going to be. You know, of course, some of us research, some of us, you know, go into it open, you know, with open eyes and accepting the, you know, there's many different ways to go into it, but it's never, like you said, the word right, right decision. There's no such thing as a right or wrong decision. It's just what we can't see until we go through that decision that brings about an outcome. And then we make adjustments from that outcome. So the decision itself isn't bad. We pivot off of the outcome Mm -hmm. and that's okay. But a lot of people are like, in our limited capacity to see what the outcome possibility could, because we only know so much. We haven't gone through it. We haven't made the decision. We haven't walked that road in, in our limited capacity to see what that is. Then we shut off even the best of decisions that would have helped us open those roads that would have expanded the, the space that we need. So there's no bad decision. And I want, I want so many people like you to understand that the word right isn't necessarily the right word to be using, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) but we need to understand that like you guide people to take those steps to do it and find the person to walk through that with you so that when you're uncertain, you can say, do I got this? Do we have this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got it. Let's go. I'm right here with you. Yep. You know, so that's a team of women that is a mob of women. That's Mm -hmm. a group of women. That's right. You know, but there's, there's many different ways we can do that. And there's also then the individual aspect of bringing on somebody that will specialize in that one-to-one capacity with you to be able to guide you through it. It is so important. We live in a time where we need to pair up with the people that are going to be able to walk the road with us, not just preach us, teach us, show us, and then say, Hey, thanks for coming and checking out my thing or, or spending time on, on whatever, but actually be there and say, you know what? I'm going to walk the distance with you. That's what we're going to do together. We're going to go through this Mm -hmm. and we're going to adjust it. And we're going to change it and we're going to move the fear out of the way and we're going to make decisions and move forward. So powerful, powerful work that you're doing. Uh, And it really excites me to, to hear of it. And side note, this is why it's cool to, you know, be able to podcast with people is because you get to meet people, really, really cool people like this. You know, we, we may have, we may have connected in, in the mob nation group somehow along the way, but I, I don't believe that, uh, that we would have had this conversation this soon if it weren't for being connected by an amazing woman and, you know, meeting other amazing women and, you know, finding that group and stuff. So I want to ask you, Mm -hmm. how can, how do you help and how could you help the listeners and where can they find you? Yeah. Um, so you can find me on Instagram. That's going to be the easiest place to find me. My handle is coaching with Ange with an E. So A N G E. Um, and really the way that I tailor my program, um, my program is 90 days, one-on-one coaching. Um, and I really focus on day-to-day steps. What are you doing in your day-to-day routine to help yourself progress down that road to finding your purpose or in, um, you know, like we were talking about solidifying, you're damn sure that this Mm -hmm. is what you're meant to do. And really in those day-to-day practices, in those day-to-day habits and all of that, those things, what you're building um, 
is the ability to value yourself, to put yourself first, to do it without guilt, and then to use that in your life and in your business. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're really focused on day-to-day, tangible, sustainable steps and practices um, that you can build on as time goes on, right? Because like, that's what we do as entrepreneurs. We are not a one-stop shop. We don't like, we're life learners. That's what we do. Okay, cool. Well, maybe you start small. Maybe you start with three or four things or a small time frame. But once that becomes habit, then we build and we build and we grow. And that's really the involvement of life and business. Mm, powerful. All right. I want to make sure that the audience knows the work that you do. And I want to make sure that they connect with you and have the opportunity uh, to be a part of your world and to get to experience you and how you show up to be able to further work with you if the need arises for them. And I'm sure that someone will connect with you out there. But I want to thank you for coming on the podcast today and showing us what it's like to be purposeful and to be powerful and to be certain. You, you are the epitome of that example right there. So thank you, Ange, for coming on today. Yeah. Thank you so much. I, I have been so honored and I have enjoyed our conversation immensely. Thank you. All right, guys, make sure to check out the show notes and connect with Ange. She's got so much value. And I know that you're out there needing that value from her. So until next time, keep moving forward. Thanks for listening to the Femination podcast. If you'd like to continue the conversation, have a no BS place to ask your business questions and connect with like-minded women entrepreneurs, join the Fem community, our free group on Facebook. And don't forget to check out the next 21 day challenge at www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Let's crack the door to what's possible when you begin leading yourself first. If you love this show, subscribe and share it with a friend. If this episode impacted you, it would mean the world to me if you left a review so others know what's possible by listening. I'm already looking forward to the next episode with you.